Hello and welcome to this episode of Special Ed Rising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, a show aimed at parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities who welcome siblings, teachers, healthcare professionals, and anyone interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're looking for an open, friendly, and honest source to inform and inspire you, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have 34 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Attending to these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Sheila Jordan. Sheila is a certified health and wellness coach for overwhelmed parents who feel confused about their child's needs and frustrated by their child's behavior. She offers personalized one-to-one sessions to help parents evaluate the current circumstances in their home life and determine how they'd like them to be improved. She then works with them to create the solutions that use the strengths and intuition they already have to build a better understanding of themselves and their child to create a roadmap for a more peaceful experience in parenting. So let's get smarter and join me in welcoming Sheila Jordan on our way to another win. Hi, Sheila. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Mark. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for finding the time to be here today. When I found you uh, on Instagram, um, you know, I connected because your parent coaching, your philosophy seems to be similar. I can relate to it. It seems to be similar to the one that I have. And what struck me was when you wrote that um, you want parents to respond from a, a place of deeper understanding and love. And I think that is the core, you know, and that's the core from my perspective, too, Um you know, parenting is a very di- difficult job, and 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 you would know it more personally than I do. Um, those challenges, and so you know, I think keeping that front and center is is sometimes difficult, but it is what we want to strive for. So, could you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, I I think that you know, in the work I've done with parents, there's um, there is that sense that connection of all kinds, like connection with not only with their children, their ch- their child, and and connection with themselves, connection with a community, um, it, the, all of those things, those different kinds of connection, often suffer. Or if you are um, able to kind of um, pay attention and and focus on one of those areas, the other one sometimes just falls by the wayside. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of this dance between you know, creating connection in one area of the life of your life and and having it really connect with other parts. Um, So I think that, uh, yeah, uh, developing a deeper connection with with themselves, with with yourself as an individual and a parent, and as a that connection with your child is just like, it's so important. And we all know that, but it's, you know, kind of breaking that into pieces of how do you actually create connection and make a deeper connection is really, really the tough part. It sure is. And you, you know, ideally you don't want it to have to be a trade-off where you have to sacrifice certain parts of even yourself or what you're speaking about. You know, you want to be able to try to have all of it on some level to have a satisfying relationship with yourself and, and with everyone else in your life. So, you know, I'm really, I want to hear about what you do because I believe that's what you're, what you do with your clients. And, and uh, I think a lot of people can learn a lot from you today. Could you just give us a little bit of a, a background on your beginnings in the field and, and what inspired you to kind of take this path? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I kind of came at this from a lot of different angles. And by that, I mean, I, I've worked with children in all different kinds of capacities over the years. I mean, anything from um, in the in the very beginning, I worked as a fundraiser in public relations uh, for a children's hospital. Um, so that was not directly with the children, but it was um, reaching out, a lot of work with reaching out to parents and hearing their stories 
um, in that regard. It was with with in the context of you know their healthcare needs and those kinds of things. But I really loved working with parents and grandparents um, in that capacity to hear their stories and to hear kind of the struggles that they had with their kiddos um, on the health perspective, but also kind of going forward into other areas. So working with parents was something I knew that I truly uh, enjoyed. And then over the years, I've had other, you know, positions with kids where everything from teaching children swimming, because I'm a big swimmer, and I love that as a as my sport. And I thought, well, let me combine uh, my love for children and working with children and something that I really enjoyed. I also raised my own two sons and was a stay-at-home mom for a while, which was a huge gift and and allowed me the opportunity to also work in their schools and be directly involved with the children there. In later years, I kind of uh, came upon the field of special education because I certainly noticed in those years being in the schools that that's really an area that it, it was it was not lacking from the school's perspective, but in terms of people who were really willing to kind of to be with those children and work with those children and kind of take the time to figure out, you know, what is what is different about this and what kinds of needs are there with these mm-hmm. uh, children and the parents. And so I just I got that interest uh, basically from that experience, but also from from my my own boys' perspective. I know when they were growing up and when they were very very young, each one of them on their own, you know, not because I said so, but on their own, when they were in, in school, they, their teachers always would tell me um, that they were taking a particular interest in the kids who had some special needs and kind of to look out for them, make sure they got extra help, sit next to them when they needed it, let them know that, you know, they were included. And Mm -hmm. that was a real inspiration for me, which, you know, led me to want to get my master's in special education and really kind of dive into that area. Wow, that's really wonderful, right? Your, your kids motivated you in your yes. career path. <laughs> yeah, I always say, you know, in the years I've worked with kids, like, I feel like they are the best teachers, you know, they yeah. I've learned more from them, I think, than, than <laughs> they've learned from me, you know, different things, but there's always something that they, kids, show us that as adults we're not we may not be paying attention to or we may sort of take for granted and sure yeah yeah no i agree you were in special ed what did you do with that masters you were you were a teacher or um no i didn't go into teaching um my the masters in special education has a focus on behavior therapy so yeah so the the main it wasn't a teaching track that i took um, but rather the applied behavior analysis um, okay. area right. where I could then go in and work directly with children with autism, um, sometimes with ADHD and anxiety, and really implement these um, strategies for them one-on-one. So I was mm-hmm. working in the homes and clinic okay. setting. And so that's how you came in, con- in contact with the parents. And did that kind of blossom out of that? The, the working with the parents as a result of working with the kids? Yes. Yeah. So in other than my role in the clinic, I when I did in-home work, I definitely worked, of course, I was in their home and worked with the parents. Sure. Um, and it was not parent coaching at that point. It was more of when I did interact with the parents, it was a hands-on experience where I was, it was a parent education situation where I was trying to um, implement or help the parents implement the strategies, the ABA strategies that I was using with the, their child mm-hmm. to help them learn how to do it and implement right. it when I was not there. Right. Um, and so, but from there, and I did that mainly in the home. I also did it, like I said, in a, a clinical setting, um, which spanned the, um, the pandemic. Um, and okay. in that experience, you know, our kids would come to the clinic, but they, I had very little contact with the parent for like obvious reasons, <laughs> sure. um, whether it was 
bringing their child in and out of our clinic, uh, you know, with masks on, not very much time to chat with the parents. And but through those experiences, I I felt so much like the piece that was missing was was having somebody ask the parents, you know, how are you doing in this whole situation? Right, right. Like even outside of certainly outside of parenting, how how are things for you? How are you feeling? Right, um, as an individual human being, right? <laughs> yeah, just as right. a as a person. So it's fairly new then the parent coaching aspect of it for you, in a sense. Yeah, the parent coaching is relatively new. And I started Prosper Parenting in 2021. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and coming out of what I was observing in all of that experience, but even more recently with the pandemic and noticing that the, the experience of the parents was getting more and more disconnected and, mm-hmm. and less... Uh, less of a feeling that they actually had community, that they actually had somebody who was listening to them and hearing their stories and seeing, you know, what they needed above and beyond, you know, the therapies for their kids. Sure. There was such a disconnect and there was so much responsibility and pressure put on parents during that time that Mm -hmm. I know the parents of that, of the special needs, exceptional needs, special ed population really, really struggled more than the average parent. So they really needed that help. So what a perfect time for you to start and <laughs> to be there for them. Um, how do you, can you talk about some of the techniques and some of the things that you do with the parents in, in your coaching? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, I'll always start with a parent in terms of um, listening, listening to them, listening to their story. Um, so I, I do offer in, in my uh packages i offer a very structured um sort of program however i i I always like i said i start with what does the parent need the most what does the parent really want and even though it, it is within a structure and we have you know topics and i have recommended reading and some videos it's always it's not like going to school (laughs) um that structure is very fluid and so i will you know have the parent usually when they come to me they have at least one or two major issues that they're kind of struggling with at home they need to be first and foremost they need to be heard you know because the number one thing that i that i'm hearing from parents is that they feel like they're the only one struggling with this and, right, right. you know, oftentimes because they feel like they're the only one, they don't want to reach out to anybody. Sure. They don't even really want to admit like, hey, you know, every day I'm struggling with this and I can't yeah. see another way. So I kind mm-hmm. of offer those eyes and ears on just what is the situation and, and let them take it from there. Because yeah. even though no two parents are alike their experiences are very different day to day there are such similar things that they struggle with i think that you know it's really it's something that i found with a lot of parents that they just don't either know that there's other parents out there or know that there are organizations supportive organizations out there or they just don't know how to go about doing it or they're so kind of stuck in their own life at this point that they don't have the time for it or they just can't think that far. And so, yeah, so it's easy to get caught up in your own situation and not know where to move from there. And that's why I think, you know, what you do is so critical because it's it's very common. And I oh, found absolutely. it more as I've got into the home, you know, in recent years. So it's kind of, it was an eye opener for me. Right, right. And, and the other thing too, I want to mention is a really important piece because I think that, you know, the term parent coaching is, it, it's a legit, it's a legitimate term, but it's also mm-hmm. this this term that it's like, well, what is that really? You know, like I, parents are not looking for somebody to tell them how to be a parent. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, as we know, the the joke is that there's no there's no manual. You know, when your child is born, they don't hand right. you the parent the parenting manual. <laughs> so my coaching <laughs> is definitely not okay, I, I'm the know-it-all, here's right. what you should do. <laughs> because I think a big, the biggest piece of that is that there is no one way to do it. And 
you know, and it changes over time as your child changes. And what I, what I most love to do with parents is to really help them understand and help them recognize the, the strength that they already have, like the, really the wisdom that they already have. It's a lot of times it's a matter of peeling back the layers of the layers of expectation, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. their own expectation or what they think their child is looking for in them, or certainly the biggest expectation is what they feel on the outside society. Right. Looking at exactly what's coming from the outside in. And and it's so easy for parents to forget what, you know, and be able to say, well, wait a second, this is, this is what I think this is, you know, going from their intuition, but you really have to quiet all that noise in order to, really hear your own intuition about, you know, how do you want to parent your child? Right. And of course, like I said, just as I've learned more from kids over the years and my own children over the years, a lot of times children will show us <laughs> what yeah. they, what they need, even if <laughs> they, they can't need. articulate it. Right. They will show, they will show us. Yeah. Because it's really about trying to find what makes them tick, right. In order to be able to help them the best, as opposed to, as you said, the expectations mm-hmm. of what you, you think they should be doing at this stage in their life, developmentally, whatever, but it's changed. It's different for everyone. And, you know, we have to listen to the individual. And I think that's, that's, that's important and difficult for parents, because like you said, a lot of the pressures come from internally, but externally to internally, right? So now it, what you, what you perceive as what things should be kind of stops you in your tracks and it makes it difficult to kind of, and then you start listening to a lot of different people. And I know parents that have, you know, voices from all different directions and how do you know where to go with that? You know, so to have one person who's really listening to you and, and like you said, parent coaching it, they, what I do with my, through my agency, they call it parent training. And, and I hate that because what am I <laughs> training a parent? I mean, first <laughs> off, I, <laughs> you know, who am I to train a parent? you know, or train anybody, any human being. So <laughs> it's really guidance, right? It's like, exactly, you come in, I have some, I have some knowledge, you know, and maybe I can share it with you and maybe it makes sense for you, you know? Um, but I hate the, I hate the terminology myself too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't like that either. Like a um, parent educator. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going, there is no parent university, you know, although we wish, we wish that there were. Right, and right, right. Someday that might be like nice. Like a set of manual. <laughs> be created, but. Yeah. I've always said that the, the humanity part of, of education is missing, you know, <laughs> who we are as people, how do we deal with life? How do we deal with, you know, birth, loss, all these things, you know, we're just not prepared. We're expected just to be able to do it. Just like, you know, therapy for someone. I feel like, you know, everybody could use therapy, right? Um, And so I think what you're saying is that you're trying to help the parents get to know themselves better in order to be able to be more effective for their their children and their family. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, and and it sounds easy uh, when, you know, when you say it or if you saw it on paper. And it's it's also, it's that piece of it. It's like, well, what does that mean? And where do I start? How do I start? Um, I mean, a lot of it is really kind of, canceling out that noise, which in itself, the noise of the outside, um, and, and really kind of peeling back those layers and saying, okay, at the beginning, how, (laughs) if I could just for a moment, like wipe this slate clean, what, what would I wish for, you know, and how, how can I dial back some of those expectations. Um, and a, a lot of it, yes, is, is a parent getting to know themselves and remembering, you know, before I was a parent, right? here's the way I was, here's how I took care of myself, or maybe how I didn't take care of myself. A lot of those things can reveal some of the, the ways that we feel about ourselves. And, uh, and when we look back at our, the way we were raised at, at our own experience of parenting, it's it's really effective, I find, with my parents, if they're willing to do it, because it's not easy to kind of look back and say, well, you know, I'm parenting, I'm doing this now in my own parenting, because that's what my mom and dad did, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I'm accustomed to. And that's, mm-hmm. there, that's what I feel like I should be doing. There's that sense of 
obligation. Um, We all are sort of geared toward the familiar and wanting to embrace what's familiar to us, which is perfectly normal. There's nothing, you know, to be like ashamed about with that. But when, when we do stick with all that we just have known up to this point, it's definitely, it's, it's not necessarily going to translate well to our own children. Um, And looking back at those things, it is a piece of, of my curriculum where we do look back at uh, areas where, where we look at our connection with our own parents as children, as adults now, you know, because those influences carry on. If you do have your parents, your own parents involved with your children, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're the middleman between grandparent, child, you've got that influence. And it's certainly, it doesn't mean it's a bad influence. It's, it's just another one of those voices where we have to kind of cut through right. and say, okay, here's how, you know, the way I parented is affecting me in, in this way. We often, there's, we joke about how, oh, I'm not going to become my mother or I'm not going to do that. And when I, when I have kids, I'm going to mm-hmm. let them do this or that or the other. And then, <laughs> right. then we find ourselves, here we are, we're parents and we're saying the exact thing. Absolutely. It's because what we know, right? It's what we know. (laughs) Yeah, we do what we know, and that's that's okay in a lot of areas. But being able to reflect on that and say, well, here's how, you know, my intuition is telling me now that that I need to change that. Right. Yeah, because you're looking at a different human being before you. And so the expectations have to change. And so do do you find it difficult with a lot of the parents to kind of break through that, that part, you know, to get kind of changing the paradigm a little bit in their heads. It it is it is pretty tricky for most parents in in my experience. Um because I think it's it's often not something that they've thought about um or at least not given a lot of thought to in in the sense that when they're thinking about their own parenting or what they want what's not working they're not likely to go back and think, "Oh, you know, I'm having that impression or I'm doing this in my parenting because of my mom and dad or because of my experience. Um, you know, right. people oftentimes, we all, a lot of us have wonderful memories of childhood. Others do not have such good memories of childhood. It's really, it is very tricky to go back and say, well, you don't, you know, they don't want to be critical of their own parents. I find that it's, all of those emotions really, really come up, and and that, but that can ultimately be very helpful if you just you understand. It's a matter of looking back, not to criticize, or looking back, not to say, "Oh, I wish that were different," because we can't change our own childhood experience. But we can look back and understand that the way we were shaped and our relationships were shaped then really have a a heavy influence in the way that we uh, shape and develop our relationship now to our, to our children. Um, And a lot of it is that, that expectation piece. Mm -hmm. So just kind of going back and when I'm working with parents, I will ask some, some questions that have them and help them reflect on that in, in as much of a uh, neutral (laughs) way as they can. That's also very tricky because your our experience and our relationship to our parents is typically not neutral, but looking at it from that lens of you know how well how closely were we attached, um, what was our connection sort of based on, just informs it you know the the experience that a parent has now, and that awareness that new awareness helps them to make better choices because now they have right. a, a deeper understanding that is very much in line with what a therapist might do, you know, pursuing your background and your relationship with your parents. And I'm sure that's not what you're trying to do in that situation. You just want them to have a better understanding of what the relationship was like for them with their parents in order to be able to make better decisions for them with their children. Yeah. And it, because it informs uh, so often it, it informs what tends to um, trigger us as parents. I, hesitate sometimes to use the word trigger you know it's Mm -hmm. 
I think that that it gets a little bit overused to say this and that and the other thing, you know, triggers me. But it really is true that when when we're looking at our child and and some of the biggest um, pieces of concern that I work with with parents is, of course, you know, the understanding, the need to have a greater understanding of their child's behavior. It's these questions of why is he doing this? Why is she doing that? And, um, you know, I don't have the magic wand of why some things can be, some things can be pretty cut and dried sometimes, but, but there's that piece of observation. And, and when we feel triggered as parents, when something is, um, you know, as they say, like pushing our buttons, a child will push our buttons. It's so easy and understandable to, to have the perspective of, of, well, that's, all about the child. If they're always upset about something or if they're having a tantrum, if they're really pushing back on some of the boundaries we put in place, whatever it might be that are showing up as behaviors in our child, yes, it's about them in some some way. We have to listen to the the cues of what they what their needs are. But so often we see our child through, you know, through our own lens. And through that lens of expectation, through that lens of confusion, you know, Mm -hmm. and so trying to work on work with parents to get them from that point of expectation to the point of possibility, you know, like, what are the possibilities here that we're seeing this behavior, we're seeing these types of needs not being able to be met and Let's try, because it's not easy, but let's try to, to pull back on those expectations and observe, observe not only our child, but observe ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that is, a, you know, a, a strong piece of the communication between the parent and child that I help parents work through. So in, in situations that are typically coming up, um, I will work with the parent to help them figure out how to observe in that mm-hmm. moment it's it's perfectly understandable like there are things that just they just flat out annoy us <laughs> and that's can be like a euphemism for you know really anger us certain things annoy us certain, certain things anger us all of it typically is confusing but if we can observe our own reactions right in those situations, we can learn, it's like, is as if we can learn from ourselves. You know, sure. oh, when this happens, I always do this. When that happens, I always do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you look at really, the tra- your own trends, right? Yeah, we all have our own patterns, just like our, our children do. Mm-hmm. Do you relate some mindfulness, mindful parenting to in that regard, just being mindful of yourself and, and how you're reacting to a situation as opposed to maybe responding to a situation? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's so difficult in that moment, and that takes so much practice. But um, sometimes sure. I will take parents through little scenarios, not not made up scenarios, because they're, they're true, will walk through a whole actual situation that that happened, whether it just happened once or a typical scenario, mm-hmm. and almost role play and practice ahead of time to see that's really great to understand okay you know this this is how i react and it's oh it's okay to have those feelings there's a a big challenge for for me when i work with parents but also with you know when i'm not with the parent is letting go of some of that that shame you know when when we as parents we overreact we yell we Mm. send our child to the room and there's doors maybe doors are slamming, whatever it might be. <laughs> right. There's so much, um, there's regret a lot of times, there's shame and... and judgment, the self-judgment, harsh absolutely. judgment, right? A, a, that self-judgment <clears throat> is probably one of the toughest things for parents to let go of. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think that um, we're not, again, not trained, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our, our immediate typical reactions to respond, in response are the judgments. We judge others, we judge ourselves. And trying to find that space to give ourselves a break and to allow the feelings to exist and not judge the feelings, like they're okay. 
you know, feelings happen, you know, they're just going to, they're going to be there. That's what we do with them, you know, I believe. And so, you know, I think getting parents to understand that is, is difficult. There, you have a lot of challenges ahead before you, you know, when you're doing this, because you're really trying to change a whole way of thinking, you know, uh, as a parent and your approach to life and, and relationships. It's, it's a real, real chore and a mountain to climb, but, um, what are some of the challenges that you have that you run up against? Do you find it, these are the goals, these are some of the goals that you have for the, the parents. Do you find that you're able to be successful with them? Obviously, everybody's different, so it takes different amount, amounts of time. But well, you mentioned, I want to go into your curriculum. Do you basically start following that curriculum with every parent kind of in the same, same place and then adapt it and be malleable with it as you go along? Yeah, yeah, thank you for asking about that, because I definitely, you know, one of the things I really want to get across to parents, like I said earlier, is that I'm not teaching them or telling them how to be a parent. Um, but with, with my curriculum, it is very fluid in the sense that that I do not always start in the same spot with parents. Um, I can, and, and it's the way I have it set up is it makes I mean it makes sense to me but it doesn't necessarily make sense to everybody um, in the sense that they may come in with a major issue that is is more appropriate to handle with something for example um, in later weeks I work on something called mindset with parents or mind sight rather with parents and mind sight is that that skill that we can learn and does take time and practice to be able to see the thoughts, the emotions, and understand the perspective of somebody else in addition to your own. So sometimes that's the perfect starting point because um, a major theme that that parents come to me with is confusion. You know, confusion of I don't know what's going on with my child I don't know what to expect you know everybody all children are unpredictable but so often um there's that that's heightened in one family or in the other so I will sometimes start with that I will start with what is our you know what is the mindset that you are starting with now that you feel that you're in can we work on trying to see that other perspective even before we work on you know, trying to figure out the the reasons for behaviors, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And we don't always, get, we're not always successful knowing what those reasons are. Sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, it exists. Now, how, what do we do, right? The whys aren't always so clear. Absolutely. And, and I think the more typical way that I do begin, though, um, certainly I have, I have parents tell me their main issues because it doesn't make any sense to kind of talk about topics that aren't the, the first and foremost in their, in their daily life, because it, I do offer, you know, a program that's eight weeks long. Okay. It's a good amount of time to get quite a bit done um, and make some changes, but I, I, you know, it it's goes very quickly as well. You know, you, sure. you, you don't, and you don't, ex- and I don't expect uh, m- massive changes in eight weeks, but significant right. ones really, you know, really can happen. But a a very typical way of starting is I will ask parents, you know, after I I hear their story and I, it kind of boils down at the beginning to how are you caring for yourself? And that includes a lot. And that includes so much more than they might've been thinking about. Like they may not even be oftentimes not allowing themselves to think in those terms like well sure. no i don't sleep very much but that's just the way it is and we all know parents and sleep <laughs> those two <laughs> words like don't even i don't even know how to use them in a sentence <laughs> except that parents don't sleep <laughs> right <laughs> that's a good that's, that's probably the sentence. best sentence it's probably the best <laughs> sentence you can use <laughs> and 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 almost there's kind of that sweet spot in the middle. I know, I know with my boys where they had, they were still young enough to have a, you know, a, a good bedtime and without too many struggles, they actually went to bed and it was a 
full night's sleep, you know, none of the waking up type of thing. That seems yeah. to last maybe, I don't, you know, middle schoolish age, for example, <laughs> or a little younger. And then just when you, just when you do catch up with a little sleep, then they become young teenagers and teenagers and they're out and they're out later and later and they, they end up putting you to bed. You know, right. <laughs> I can I can very clearly remember, you know, saying goodnight <laughs> to, to my boys. I don't know, you know, at a reasonable hour, knowing that they would be up probably another three, four hours. <laughs> so they're the ones losing sleep, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, turnaround is fair play, right? So right. Right. And the middle school years make sense because you're going through this growth period and so your body's exhausted, so it makes some more sense. But sleep, of course, is is necessary. We all know it's necessary for everybody, but it's something that I think probably is really the first thing that goes out the window uh, for parents. And But over time, something as, as necessary as that and vital as that is becomes this issue where you feel almost like it's a luxury to sleep or, Oh, yeah. I allowed myself, I allowed myself a nap. Well, you know, and then feel bad about that or. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I slept during the day. Yes. <laughs> How yeah. dare I? Right. Um, and, and so a lot of times we'll, I do start with parents like right there with the question of, do you get enough sleep? How, you know, how I, are you taking care of yourself with your, diet and you know Mm -hmm. like are you eating nutritiously and that's difficult to understandably we often are eating quickly we need to make quick meals or it's very easy to grab you know kids snacks and things like that so i do kind of come at those issues that really if you don't tackle those there's the other kinds of issues of of better understanding your child or really meeting your child's needs is is that much harder if you are tired, if you're not eating well, um, if you're just not caring for yourself, if you have no time for your own interests, you know, like I don't know that many moms who have time to read a book. I think I didn't read a book for about 10 years, (laughs) you know, but it's not, it shouldn't be a luxury to have a little bit of time at least to, to read a book. And, Right. That's why I combine I, I combine my parent coaching with health coaching and the health coaching piece of it often it, it, it will look at parents who are coming in, you know, maybe they're not having as many issues as others with the behaviors or that that connection piece um, from an emotional level with their child or, or whatnot, but they are having issues with taking care of themselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not letting those things slide so often that they really can't do anything else. Right. <clears throat> do you find people are resistant to that? Because I know that from my experience, you know, when I do try to broach that, you know, when I work with a, a parent, they always think all we're there to do is work on their child and, and how to manage that, that situation. But when I talk about them and I go, how are you doing? You know, are you doing getting in enough sleep? Are you exercising all this kind of, are you finding time for yourself? It's just kind of like, they don't understand that that's part of it, you know, but that aspect of it, self-care, you know, it's so critical. For, I mean, even just in life for all of us, right. To have the energy to get through days and do the things we want to do. So um, do you find that you run up, against that with parents that there there's some resistance to that yes oh absolutely and yeah. i th- i think almost to the point where it's a knee-jerk reaction from from parents if if you mention the subject of um yeah of anything the simple things like sleep or or a healthy diet or or getting out and doing some exercise it the knee-jerk reaction is i don't have time and mm-hmm. I completely understand that. I mean, if if I were to follow a lot of these parents around during the day and, you know, be their little yeah. shadow, you know, far question. be it for me to say, oh, yeah, but you do have time. Yes, you do. You know, <laughs> right. I, their days are stacked oh. <laughs> <laughs> with, yeah. with things. And so, you know, I, I have a... I have the intention, of course, with with parents to definitely ask those questions, you know, to just put the question out there of of could you make some changes with your with your sleep habits? Could you make some changes with your um, 
the meals that you're making or things like that and right. just have it out there as a consideration you know mm-hmm. it's not it's right. not sort of a blanket statement of well you know if you just did this just do that you yeah. feel so much better um I have yeah, and one. they wouldn't deny that. They probably say, "Oh, yeah, no, that would, that's true. I probably would feel much better." Right. Where do I do this? When do I do this? Right. Right. It's the where and the when and the and the and the nuts and bolts of how to actually yeah. make that happen, and and that's trial and error. You know, you mm-hmm. a lot of times we will make a plan um, for adding in ten minutes a day of fix a meal that's just for you. Maybe it's your favorite thing and not your mm-hmm. child's favorite thing. Try right. that out. See that what that's like. 10 minutes to actually find some time to sit and and read something that you wanted to read. Um, let your mind wander. Really, those times that, that all of us kind of need a little bit of that downtime that's not actually active at all. You know, like, it's okay to stare at the ceiling. I think maybe we all need to stare at the ceiling a little bit or stare at the sky. You know, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> get outside and watch the clouds go by. And it sounds kind of silly. Like, isn't that a waste of time? And it's like, no, it, it, it may actually kind of help you come back to yourself. I think. I agree. It's one of my favorite things to do, to stare up at the sky and the clouds. I, I, <laughs> I feel free at that point, you know. Yeah, it can it can help shift perspective a little bit. Um, I do. I definitely shy away from you know, telling, I would never tell a parent or even suggest that, oh, it's just a perspective shift. And yes, there is an, uh, there's definite benefits to shifting perspective in a lot of areas, but that's so much easier said and done too. I think, you know, parents, the parents I work with, they, they have the intuition that they need. They have the wisdom already that they need. Um, it's just so often just you know, like snuffed out by yeah. all of the time constraints and expectations and um, a lot of that shame, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that I, yeah. that I would love to take care of myself, but I just can't. Right, right. Do you, f- do you work with parents with children who are neurodiverse, disabled, on the spectrum, all these type of disabilities, or do you work with Every, every every kind of parent it, or is it basically behavioral stuff that you're that you're focused on i i work with every kind of parent mm-hmm. um because it, there is that you know sort of universal um that universal challenge that comes up with so many parents regardless of what situation their child is in mm-hmm. um my background tends is is definitely focused on children with autism, ADHD, and anxiety. Um, So when I first, actually, when I first started Prosper Parenting, I um, was very much geared toward that um, behavioral piece, you know, and and modeling what I was doing in my work with them, um, starting as a starting point being what are the behaviors that you are seeing and what are the behaviors that are most confusing to you and it was much more child focused than it is now um so i really i uh did another curriculum another uh certification program through a place called the jai institute for parenting and the jai institute really was a uh an excellent fit for me because that perspective their perspective um, of parent coaching is that parent-centric piece of how are you doing? And let's talk about you, even you know, outside of, of parenting. Um, right. And let's mm-hmm. kind of take it from there, kind of start with that piece of you as an individual, and then let's move in and talk about the issues that are coming up for you in your parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So yeah, any really any parent um, typically it is it does tend more toward parents who whose kiddos do have those behavioral um, challenges, but not always um, because I'm really focused on helping them feel better um, mm-hmm. and get a deeper connection with their their child. That connection right. piece to yourself and to a child is is 
really huge. With the the families that have two parents, do you have experience with success with both parents, or do you find there tends to lean towards one over the other, uh, or is it just a kind of a, a mixed bag? Yeah, so I do have experience working with not only uh, both parents, but also with extended family. Um, I've had, mostly when I've worked in the home setting, um, I've worked with uh, step-parents. I've worked with uh, other caregivers who've come into the home, you know, to give respite care. If that person has a pretty major role with the child, like a nanny, for example, um, I've worked with them and I've worked with uh, grandparents as well. All of this, of course, I mean, our families work within a system. Um, and uh, so often the way we kind of create our family system as parents is modeled after, again, like after the way we were raised. Right. Um, this is kind of the way things should work or we, you know, we want to recreate that familiar setting. Um, but I do find with grandparents, of course, there's that different perspective. They're coming at it from a different point of view. So I do, I have worked with grandparents who are, you know, heavily involved in the parenting process, whether they, they live there or they're frequently with the kids. Mm-hmm. No, I ask because I think it's important for, for parents to, to know, because a lot of parents that I've worked with tends to kind of fall like the area of working with dealing with their children's behaviors, et cetera, kind of tends to fall on one parent over the other parent. And it's hard to kind of find that balance in that, in that teamwork. Um, do you find that to be a challenge? Yeah, it, it is. It's it, oftentimes it's not a, a major barrier. Um, but typically I work, you know, with moms and um, sometimes it is a mom who's a single mom um, right. Or it can be a situation where uh, the kiddos are like between mom and dad, whether they're sure. if they're separate households. Um, right. Even in that situation, I'm more typically uh, working one on one with a mom. With the moms, okay. Um, yeah, I find I tend to have that experience too. You talk about an actionable plan. Can you give us an idea what an actionable plan would be? Well, you know, part of it is is what we've talked about before, where, you know, I do have steps in my program that I work through with parents. Um, but, you know, the, the plan that is most often in place is it starts with what is most important to the parent. And again, that's that's where I come at with that is I'm not here to tell them sort of what their problems are. They kind of, they know what's most troubling in their household, but I do, you know, my plan is based on, you know, here's where, here's where you are now and here's what the circumstances are. Here's what the relationship feels like, your relationship with your child feels like to you and where would you like to see it go? So we really kind of start with, we start with the here and now, the present and go go all the way to the end, you know, and say, what, what kind of scenario, what kind of family life, what kind of um, feelings would you like to have, ideally, toward your child? And, you know, how would you like to feel as an individual? And look at that, let's, let's paint that picture, let's go all the way to the end, (laughs) and all the way to the (laughs) ideal, um, and kind of work our way back and put okay. those steps into place, you know, according to how we is most realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a straight line, you know, like any kind of progress, it's, you can, we can draw that straight line and hope that those steps will go as planned. But right. I mean, we know with, with, with parenting and especially, especially with the special needs that is just, Plans can go out the window, but when that structure is in place, that gives us something to kind of fall back on and, and right, right. start over if we need to. Right. Always something to reconnect with. Yeah. 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 It's like writing a story. Know the end and then work towards getting there, right? Mm-hmm. Creating the chapters along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, I would imagine you you loved what you do. I mean, the challenge of it is is always interesting, right? And uh, Trying to figure out things 
is it ever does it always feel new at times at different times is it, there's always something new going on cuz everybody's situation is so different you can't even predict what you're going to what you're going to meet when you meet new families right right yeah it it is new every time um you know i do see so many of the same like common themes with my with my moms in particular um which and one of which is that feeling uh, that they are the only ones struggling you know with a particular issue and right um more so when when that happens in isolation um it it really does feel real that i'm the only one going through this um my child for example my child is the only one who struggles with this or is challenged by that and it's just not the case. So I definitely see similarities. Um, I do love children so much. <laughs> like I love, I, I love working with them because I, as I mentioned, like I, I learn from them and, right. you know, I, I'm in the best position uh, possible really in, in my parent coaching at least because I can stay neutral, you know, yeah, I sure. can, I can, it's so much easier for me to be on the outside. I am on the outside looking in. (laughs) but when I looking at both sides, right? Yeah, I can, I can see both sides and, and having raised my boys, you know, the type of work I do with parents now is something I wish I had when, when my boys were young. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I just, I had, they taught me so much, um, but there's, Knowing what I know now, you know, it's hindsight is, is sure. twenty twenty. But I, I truly wish I could go back and say, "Oh, wait a minute, wait, 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 I'll do that differently." You know, right, right. No manual. Yeah. <laughs> no manual, right. Yeah. No manual. I mean, it, it leads me to this next point. You know, I, I know we've covered it to some degree, but like, you know, parents, the challenges, the new realities today—they're very different. You know, we refer back to like the grandparents and the way things were and the way we understand family to be historically, but things are very different these days and their parents face a lot of new realities. But how do you see the role of parenting today compared to what it was maybe, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, or, you know, when you and I were younger, um, it's, it's, it's major differences now. Yeah. You know, I think there are definitely major differences. I think what I try to focus on it, in my coaching it is more the similarities than the differences. Um, you know, there's, there's that still that sense among parents that they want to, they want to be the best parent that they can be. And I think, I think the major difference though, um, that I see now, it is that piece of where expectations are just absolutely front and center. I, th- I think that that parenting now um, really is almost just fraught with the outside it coming from the outside in and focusing. I think in, in years past, you know, I mean, when, when I was raising my boys and then when, when I was growing up, of course, I mean, you know, my mom might disagree. <laughs> if she could, if she could hear this, she'd say, Oh no, no, there's just as many expectations just different ones and i think that's the case but yeah i think that without those you know influences that are just everywhere truly everywhere now you know from your phone from everywhere um without that there is a a sense that you know you can tune in more to your intuition you can tune into your own values um you know, and I think one of the things that that I do work on with parents, and I really um, try to get them to um, take the time to create, is that or to you know reevaluate what is the, what are their own values. You know, what do they never like? Never mind everybody else. Um, <laughs> what are your family values, and and what is it that you want your children to? grow up knowing you know they you we all want our children to feel safe because and and that's a that's a definite one of the number one needs that we all have as as humans but as a child in particular that feeling of safety well how okay that's if that's important to us if that's important to me as a parent 
you know, how, how what does that look like in our family? Mm-hmm. What does safety look like in our family? Emotional safety is a tremendous part of all of our lives and, and certainly of a child. A child will you know, alter their behavior in, in any way that they need to, to ensure that they are safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just mean, you know, that, that they make sure they're inside the house at night so they're safe at night. Right. You know, it's just, right. it's also like, am I safe with this person? Sure. You know, when we feel safe with another individual, it's because we know that we can just, we can be ourselves with yeah. that person. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenges now that are that parents are seeing is just they're almost they're struggling on that level too. It's we we really live in a, such an uncertain world. We always we we always did, but I think yeah. I think the pandemic brought brought to light that true sense of you know we we don't we really don't have control of a whole lot of anything. Um, mm-hmm. We want that. We want that control um, and that desire for control, even desire to control our our child um, and the child's desire to control us (laughs) or to control their environment. It's it's innate and it's not a bad thing except to the point where if it's coming from, and oftentimes it is coming from that place of, fear and that place of um, insecurity, that's what we really want to look at. We want to say, well, what is the fear? Where is that insecurity coming from? Mm -hmm. Um, How can we kind of work on that rather than, you know, kind of let that that desire for control take over? Right. That's probably the number one thing with parenting now that I see. Um, That's that's probably more intense than it ever has been. And, and also, you know, the recognition that it's okay to be an individual and a parent, whereas I think in the past, you were a parent, and there was that sense of losing who you were, health and well-being, getting out and going to the gym, things like that, those things, you know, weight didn't exist, or they were in the way in the backseat. But, you know, yeah. those, those health benefits are really important, and more apparent today to, to try to find the time for. So I think that's, that adds to it, you know, um, is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you'd like to talk about? I, we, yeah, thank you because we did cover a lot, and I'm so I really appreciate that. I, I just, you know, it made me think about when I commented about my, you know, if my mother were here, she would, what would she say? Like she might disagree with what I'm saying. I think that really brings up for me this, you know, the idea that all, you know, parenting is. It, it really, it looks so different for all of us, of course, um, and yet it has those similarities. So my mother's experience with parenting, and she was the parent of seven, um, you know, <laughs> I wish that she could just sit down and say, you know, here's what it was like. And, mm-hmm. and I could say, well, that was very different for me. And then a parent now with very young children um would say oh you people you guys are off the mark it's like this you know <laughs> it is and, right. and it's just right. everybody has their own experience which is you know stating the obvious but but that's really the key to it is is it is your own experience and you are you know i want parents to to hopefully give themselves permission to to allow it to be their own experience um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's you know certain things as parents that we that are necessities, but beyond that, you know, this is something parenting is something that you can design in the way that makes sense for you, the way that feels good to you, and and the, if you're focused on that, that's I think just about automatically going to be beneficial to your child if you are well connected to yourself to your own values to your you know what you um really want to create as a parent then then the child your child's going to benefit because you mm-hmm. are being authentic it gives right. them it gives that child the permission to be authentic permission. Yeah, I, yeah i hesitate even the word permission because nobody needs to <laughs> right. ask 
ask me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, that is that. Right. It is that. Uh, An that internal sense. permission, right? Yeah, it's that sense of let's drop that expectation and let's let's parent from possibility. What is possible? Yeah. What is possible for me? What is possible for my child? And you know, you I like kind that. of That's can really nice. run from that from that point and see see how that plays out. Right. And so with the parent coaching, I mean, you know, just to kind of promote the idea of it, I, I you know, would you say that it's it's something that is important for all parents to maybe consider, you know, uh, just if they're feeling that they're in need of some help, that that's an avenue to pursue. Yeah, I, I really, I really do. I really think that it's something to consider. Um, again, with you know, without that feeling of why should somebody else, you know, tell me tell me what to do. And again, parent coaching, any kind of coach should you know, never tell you what to do, but it is, it does offer a non-judgmental, you know, safe place to really to explore. Again, mm -hmm. let, you know, explore the possibilities, you know, here's what I'm feeling now. Here's the way our family life is. Here's the way that I'm parenting, but I don't, a lot of parents know that they want to parent differently, but what, what does that really mean? And, and, you know, it's really coming back to themselves and peeling off those layers to say, this is what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's different for everybody. Again, there's a lot of common themes, but uh, yeah, I encourage parents to really just, even just to chat, you know, and I mean, I offer a, a free 30 minute chat for parents to, because I want to hear I want to hear them, you know, I'm not going to, it's not a chat where I'm talking. <laughs> I really actually don't like to talk that much, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so I really rather they, you know, just tell me, talk to me, what's going on. You can tell me the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly and just kind of just take it from there. Um, so many times, you know, parents know kind of what they want, the way they would like things to to feel in their parenting, in their family, in their in their family life. But it's just that matter of, oh, okay, well, how do you, you know, how can I help you get there? Well, I'd certainly encourage parents to reach out to me. You're very easy to talk to and easy to listen to. And I think that, um, you know, it takes a special kind of person to be in that kind of position. And you give off a great energy and, and you're knowledgeable. And um, I think parents would be fortunate to be able to work with you. Is there anything you want to talk about as far as how parents can contact you, your website, these things, social media? Yeah, yeah. You know, really, the, the best way is to go to my website. Everything is there in terms of my contact information, but also kind of um, hopefully it will give parents a good sense of what I offer and kind of, you know, my background, where I'm coming from. Um, and you know, that's www.prosperparenting.com. Um, on there, they can uh, schedule a call so we can chat and they can see the packages that I offer. Um, again, that time frame, a little bit of, you know, some snippets of what each uh, part of the program offers. So it's really all all right there. I, I okay. am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I definitely encourage folks to kind of check that out for a little bit of a different feel. Yeah, okay. that's that's probably the best way is just go right to the website. Great. <clears throat> the last thing I noticed that you put a post out on um, connecting with a, a track, Tracto app. Is that yes. It? Correct. Would you like yes. to just speak about and that? So, yeah, that's a, um, a new partnership that I have. Um, with a, there's an app called Tracto, T-R-A-C-T-O. Um, it was designed uh, as a collaboration with uh, an organization called Ames Global. It's they uh, provide some parenting uh, courses and parenting classes for uh, parents whose kiddos have autism in particular. So Tracto, any parent could use it, um, but it is an app that that helps parents take the, all of the different pieces of their daily life 
that they need to organize. Um, and again, particularly when parents are bringing their kids to different therapies, um, it is it really combines everything and puts it in one place. So when you have your pediatrician, you might have an occupational therapist, you might have a speech therapist, um, physical therapist, you again, those ABA services, you some parents really deal with so many different moving parts. Um, Tracto allows the parent to really input everything in one place and also to keep track of everything from a child's, you know, behaviors, medications, if there are anything, um, preferences, food, you know, diet and nutrition, sleep patterns. Um, there's wow, a, that sounds a, wonderful. It's a, it's a wonderful sort of, you know, there's no one size fits all, but if there were anything on an app that could uh, consolidate things to yeah. make life easier, Tracto is definitely a, a great a great piece of um, help for the, for the parents to use. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. I could speak with you for another hour on this stuff because it's really fascinating to me and your perspective. And I think it's really, really important that people realize that there's people like you out there. So it's great. <laughs> and I'm glad to get this message out. Yeah. Well, so. I so appreciate it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's some, I love to do this. I love to work with with parents and hear, you know, like I guess I hear their story. They've got a story to tell. That's that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we wish you all the best, and and hopefully we can catch up again in the future and kind of just see where you're at down the road. Yeah. How things are going. Thank you, Mark. Okay. Thanks. Have a wonderful day, Sheila. You too. Okay. Take care. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising, Facebook at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent coaching through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. And with your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to hear more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.